0: Praise the Lord. It's an honor to preach the Word of God. And today we're going to um, continue on a series that we've been on as we've been looking at the Old Testament and going through the Old Testament about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to try to have some mountaintop uh, things that we talk about today. Um, To be honest with you, um, the series on the Holy Spirit could last all year. You guys realize that? You could never deplete, you could never exhaust. Um, our revelation of Holy Spirit. And uh, I'm just trying to go in a direction that I have felt for about six to nine months where God was really wanting to highlight and to emphasize the Holy Spirit in this hour and in this season. And as a church, we've always, always app- appreciated the work of the Spirit of God, haven't we? And, uh, and so, uh, but the Lord is highlighting the Holy Spirit, and we have been talking about Holy Spirit, and we've been concentrating in the Old Testament. And today, what I'm hoping to do is kind of, kind of take us quickly through 3,500 years of the Old Testament. <laughs> you laugh, 3,500 years. I, I laughed about this morning, you know. But I've been talking about the Holy Spirit for the last, you know, four or five messages that I've preached, however many they've been. And uh, I've called the, me- the the series that I've been talking about. I've been I've been calling it uh, uh, under the influence. And uh, we need to be under the influence of Holy Spirit, don't we? All of us. And we need to live by the Spirit. The Bible says constantly, live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the sins of the flesh. How many know the sins of the flesh want to hang on all the time? But if we focus where God wants us to focus, that won't happen. Amen? And so as followers of Christ, our goal at New Covenant, as followers of God here in this house... Our goal, as we've been talking about it all year, has been we are raising up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God and people from the next generation. That's what we're doing. That is our goal, to raise up lovers, to raise up sacrificial givers, to raise up people who speak truthfully and who live holy. Can I have an amen on that? And who go globally in the supernatural power and presence of what? Holy Spirit. All of us, God is wanting to raise us up as power-packed people who are walking in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we're drawing all men to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. Can I have an amen? Amen. So whether you work at the hospital or at the school or at the factory or you you go to school or wherever you work, that you are being a person, a follower of God, who is bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth right where you're at. That it's not just on Sunday morning. Can I please have an amen on that? That we get our goosebumps. The What was it? it was one of my kids call them. the. What were you calling them, Joel? Where'd huh? Spirit chills. Not just on Sunday morning, but the Holy Spirit is working on us through the week. And, and, he, and he's working through us. And so we're emphasizing the Holy Spirit right now. And we want to be under the influence of Holy Spirit, just like many people are under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Because drugs and alcohol are just a counterfeit. They're just a counterfeit. And so Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was the, what what I've talked about is how he was, the Holy Spirit is the, the power behind God. When God wants to do something, the power to accomplish that purpose, Holy Spirit moves in to make that accomplish, to make that happen is is who he is. And so our goal here at New Covenant is to live supernatural lives. Anybody want a supernatural life? To walk in the power of God. Anybody out there want to walk in the power of God? Not just on Sunday morning? Because my goal, really, honestly, my goal for this church in our hearts is to not just get by. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Not just to, 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 to live in, in this region and, and have 2.5 kids and a white house with a nice little fence around it and to get by And just to live a nominal Christian life. That's not why why we're here. We are not a people that are to be nominal, barely alive Christians. But we are to make the supernatural natural. We're to make the supernatural so natural in our lives that it no longer becomes supernatural. It is just who we are. Amen. That whether I'm at Walmart in the, in the line and I see someone there and the Spirit of God begins to say, I have something for her or I want you to pray for her or I want you to pay for her groceries or whatever, that it becomes so natural to who I am yes. that I just do it. And I'm led, not driven. Does anybody want that kind of life? Does anybody want to live that kind of life? Because I tell you what, most people are bored with church. Most people are bored with their nominal Christian life. And I promise you, a bored, nominal Christian life is not going to change the world. But the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing, and forceful men and women lay hold of what he is doing. And what he is doing, we have to begin to do what he is doing. And he does that through Holy Spirit. He does that through you and you being activated and empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's how that stuff gets accomplished. And so we've been talking about the Old Testament and how the Holy Spirit moved in the Old Testament. We've talked about a lot of different things. But again, Holy Spirit, I, w- I want to keep emphasizing this because as I move next week into the New New Testament and we, we see what God did and what he began to do in the New Testament and is continuing to do, some of these foundation points that I've made over the last several weeks are going to be really critical because we're going to go back to them. And when these same things that Holy Spirit was doing in the Old Testament, he does in the New Testament and he does in a, and he does some amazing things and he is wanting to get you to transfer to, to to renew your mind on how you think of the Holy Spirit and how you see him so that you can believe differently because if you believe differently you will respond differently when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will believe there's more in you. It's like with me working out and, and, and doing the stairs at the, the field house. And as I work out, I, I get to the, the sixth time around as I go down and up, and I go down and up, and I go down and up. I, I, the last lap, I'm, I'm gasped. And I was like, I, I have to say, God help me. You can always do more. And God keeps saying, you can always do more, Eric. Do another one. Get up that step and go back down. You can do another one. You're not where you think you are (laughs) you can do more and i'm telling you if we will believe for more we are in we are being positioned by the spirit of god for a visitation we are being positioned by god for a visitation and god is saying get ready get ready get ready no one lagging behind no one lagging behind. And so part of the message that I'm talking here today is I'm trying to get us prepared. I'm trying to take us to a place where we get more mature in our understanding of Spirit, Holy Spirit because there are a lot of things that I'm going to show us even in the Word of God today, in the Old Testament, how, whole, how Holy Spirit worked. And as the, the power of God began to fall in the Old Testament on the Old Testament prophets, what began to happen began to change the way the people of God experienced Holy Spirit. And so I'm trying, by the Spirit of God, to begin to teach us some things. Today's more going to be about history. There's not a lot of application. You're not going to go from here today, and you're not going to go home and go, okay, I need to do this, this, and this with the Holy Spirit. Today I'm going to lay a foundation. I'm going to go, and I'm going to give you some history today about the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament that is going to set us up for next week, okay? Okay. So today, you you'll have a few points, and I'll make some application to our life, and I'll bring some examples of of what happened there and how it compares to today. But it's really going to be a thirty five hundred year uh, history lesson. Are you ready? Are you ready to say go? Fire hose? No, I'm just kidding. So, to, we've we've talked about the spirit of God in in the, in the Old Testament and how. The, the Spirit of God is the word ruach, and the ruach in the Hebrew means wind, breath, and spirit of ecstasy, okay? Those are kind of the, the, and so I'm covering this briefly quickly for people who have not been here. And so the Spirit of God, when he moves, he moves in wind, he moves in breath, and he moves in a spirit of ecstasy where the Spirit of God came on the Old Testament prophets in such a way it almost overtook them and almost possessed them to do mighty things supernaturally for God and so the Spirit of God would come on them in the Old Testament in power Samson had great strength Moses did amazing feats but they they the Spirit of God came on them to accomplish and a purpose and and the power was there to do something okay and that's gonna again be important as we go to the Holy Spirit and we look learn in the New Testament again Holy Spirit is always doing something on purpose everybody say on purpose Holy Spirit is always doing something on purpose. Even today, many of the things that took place in worship today, there was a purpose behind Holy Spirit on why He said what He said about the Q Pauls that I could barely hear Chad talking about as He's breaking you. Again, God is speaking something to His people through these prophetic words. Correct, amen? Amen. And so in the Old Testament, um, there was a purpose and assignment God had for them as he would overshadow them and the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And so today's message, what we're going to do, we're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to just hit some mountaintops of history about, like I said, about the Old Testament prophets. Because the Old Testament prophets and the men and women of God of the Old Testament, when God would come upon them through the power of the Holy Spirit, man, people began to fear them. I mean, they were like, when the prophet would come to town, it's like, ooh, are you coming for us or against us? I mean, the prophet, when he would come to town and the Holy Spirit spoke to them, they listened because they realized that when the spirit of ecstasy came on them and when when the power and the breath of God moved through them, they knew they were marked by God. And so there was this fear that was on these men and women of the Old Testament as Holy Spirit came upon them. And the Hebrew thought was, and I mentioned this already, but the Hebrew thought in the Old Testament was that the ecstatic experience of Holy Spirit coming on the the man or woman of God, the ecstatic experience they were having was seen as the direct effect of divine power from the Spirit of God. So the ecstatic experience in the Old Testament that that when they when, when when the people of God saw the Spirit of God falling on these men and women of God, that ecstatic experience, we see it as trances, visions, dreams, all that kind of stuff. We're gonna we're gonna call ecstatic experience or a ex, uh, 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 spirit of ecstasy. That uh, that experience of what that prophet was going through, began to be elevated in this 3,500-year period. And so what I'm saying, in history, what they began to do was they began to associate that experience, that manifestation of the Spirit of God, with the message that was being spoken, the power that was being demonstrated, the thing that God was having the person do, this experience began to be kind of elevated... In the Old Testament okay and it began and, I, and you're gonna find out you're gonna understand this here and where I'm going in just a second so bear with me so the ecstatic experience began to be what people began to look for as the determining factor of to whether or not they would listen to the Prophet is were they experiencing the Holy Ghost coming on them was what they began to use as a determining factor as to whether they would say this is a prophet, this is a man of God, this is a woman of God. Okay, But here's what happens. In the Old Testament, something, began to start, something started to happen. And I'm going to tap into Tom's message a little bit about last week. It's even tied to what Tom talked about too. Something started to happen in the Old Testament in regards to the ecstatic experience with the Holy Spirit. Counterfeit prophets began to rise up. Remember Tom talked last week about counterfeit Christians? You realize that everything that is authentic, there is always a counterfeit. And so what happened in the Old Testament is all of a sudden, these counterfeit prophets started to show up on the scene, counterfeit, and they were beginning to counterfeit the ecstatic experience the vision, the trance, whatever they were doing, and they were beginning to declare things that were not from God. Okay? So counterfeit prophets would fake the ecstatic experience, and then they would prophesy what they said was the Word of God. (laughs) While God was prophesying something else through his prophets, these prophets were prophesying and declaring things that were contrary. So when Jeremiah comes in on the scene, Jeremiah sees, wow, God's prophesying because of Israel's lack of obedience, because of Israel's Um, falling away from God because they were serving Baals and Asherahs and they were worshiping other idols that actually God was coming and he was going to judge Israel. But the prophets, the other prophets, the false counterfeits, ones were saying peace and safety. God's not going to do that. And so God began to speak through Jeremiah and the other prophets to warn them. But here's what... um, Here's what um, Jeremiah said. Let's, let's, if you got the PowerPoint, we'll... Oh, there he got it up there. Good, good, good. So listen to what Jeremiah the prophet was told from the Lord. Out of Jer- Jeremiah 14, 14, he says, Then the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are prophesying to you false visions, false divinations idolatries, and delusions of their own minds. False ecstasy. False dreams, false visions, false trances is what was going on. And, and Jeremiah was prophesying to the people, the Lord says, do not listen to them. They're lying. They're, they're prophesying out of their own minds. The next passage of Scripture. I better be up, turn this on, huh? Oops, there we go. I'm playing. You're you're advancing it and I'm advancing it. All right, Jeremiah 23, 16 says, Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. Wow. You see, you can actually have visions from your own mind. Do you guys realize that? You can can have dreams from your own mind, your own soul. God, there's really three aspects of dreams, visions, trances, uh, the manifestations of the Spirit. You're either hearing from heaven, hearing from yourself, or you're hearing from the enemy. I mean, there really is. And it's really going to be important as we move into the things of the Spirit that the gift of discernment must rise up in this house. We have got to have a a gift of discernment from many, many people. And that's a gift if you'll read in 1 Corinthians. Because as God moves on this house and in this city and in this region, I'm telling you there will be counterfeits to everything that God is doing. And we are going to be a mature bunch in order to recognize it so that we keep the word of God pure and unadulterated so that God can accomplish what he's trying to accomplish in this city, in this region. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. This is what Tinsdale Bible Dictionary says. The false prophet was not motivated by a loyalty to God or devotion to God, but by a desire for popularity, to be noticed, to be seen, and favored by men. Well, what's that mean? That means that all of us, if we're not careful, can have a desire for acclaim, fame, and good reputation. See, I don't think these prophets were evil. Do you remember the New Testament when the disciples were doing powerful things, and what did they do? They came to him and said, Will you, Can we buy this Holy Spirit so that we can do what you're doing? You guys remember that scripture? So even in the time of Jesus, there were false people rising up. In, in Jesus' day, in the Old Testament, there were false prophets rising up to the occasion. And God was saying, man, don't listen to them. As Israel began to have counterfeit or false prophets, Israel and the prophets began to do something. Now so, the things were changing in the Old Testament as all these things were starting to happen. Now they were going to have to test the prophetic word. Now Israel began to move into a thing of testing the word, but also testing the prophet to see if they were of the Lord. And so what began to happen, now I know I am hitting a lot of years here. I'm not, I mean, we're talking, we've already moved through Moses and Jeremiah, and we're, I'm moving really fast here in the Old Testament, because it's going to be important for us to see how the Old Testament ended and how the New Testament began. some of you don't like history, sorry. This is really good stuff. It's a lot of fun, too. So, the character of the prophet's life now began to be on display as they began to judge the prophetic words and the things that were happening by Holy Spirit. Now no longer was the spirit of ecstasy the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, what they were looking for towards because what was happening is the false prophets were faking the spirit of ecstasy are you guys with me because since the false prophets were acting out and manifesting falsely no longer was the spirit of ecstasy that had been put so high on the, the 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 judgment seat now the spirit of ecstasy and the manifestation of the holy spirit was being brought down and now man was beginning to judge the prophet and his life, and what he was saying, and trying to determine, was this a word from the Lord? Are you guys with me? Yes. Okay, you still following me? Yes. And Israel was having to test this prophecy. Now, I, want to, I have a side note here, because well, we're going to have to do the same thing. That's why the spirit of discernment is going to be important in the days ahead, because I believe it's going to get crazy around here. I am so excited because it's going to get crazy around here. It's going to get crazy in our community when there's a visitation to the deadest denominational churches and they begin to have angel visitations and they have dreams and they're going to be coming to us and going, what does this dream mean? (laughs) Oh my. I've got a guy and a gal at our church. Man, they are good at dream interpretation. They're just like Daniel. They're just like Joseph. And oh man, write that down. I, I got some good news for you. We, we we'll help you with that. Remember, Jesus said, psst, 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 "I got a secret for you." There's a visitation coming. Psst, there's a visitation coming. Is anybody ready? If it happened in the Old Testament, it happened in the New Testament. It's going to happen here too. Right. Ah. People, will be, people are going to, even in this move, people are going to be led by their soul. It's okay. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> We're going to let people make mistakes. Can I have an amen on that? Yep. But I'm trying to ke- 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 head off the f- mistakes and get wisdom and discernment and get a mature body so that we can actually be trusted with the move of God. But we want to get ready, don't we? We want to raise up a mature body that represents God at a high level, right? So now now back to the Old Testament. So so what happened? So as the spirit of ecstasy and what they began to look at with the manifestations of the spirit of God in the Old Testament began to do this, and they began to elevate um, um, discernment, and they began to elevate examining the prophet's life, what happened with the counterfeit... I'm just going to briefly go here. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But because there were false prophets, counterfeit prophets, and because they were faking the spirit of ecstasy, ecstasy began to be devalued, and this began to rise up. Are you following what I'm saying here? So now, all of a sudden, the 7th and 8th century prophets are no longer wanting to attribute their their information, their their experience with the spirit of ecstasy. They're now... uh, now, I don't want to say they're ashamed of it. I don't, it doesn't say that in the Word. But all of a sudden, because ecstasy has been brought down here, even the 7th and 8th century prophets are now saying, they, they're, they're apprehensive about even acknowledging that they're getting it from the Holy Spirit. Because the, it, the mood in Israel had changed. The history, what was going on in Israel had changed. No longer was the move of the Spirit really being celebrated now. Do you see that in our culture now? Because of the abuse and the counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, many people back away from even wanting to be involved with the Holy Spirit because of the abuses. Have you seen that in our culture? Well that's what was happening in the Old Testament. Because of the abuse of the ecstatic experience, it had it, it had gotten out of hand. What they did is they lowered that and they began to raise something else up. And I, I really believe we even probably i don't know this but my hindsight 2020 20 or whatever they began to work in the flesh yes. rather than the spirit and so even in our culture today there are churches that stay away from the things of the spirit because of the manifestations of the spirit sometimes have gotten so wacky i know they struggled up at toronto blessing In the '90s, um, Toronto Vineyard Church experienced a powerful revival. I know I went there one year because I was here. I I have I've went to Alamalanga revival down in um, Guatemala. Uh, I went down there and spent a whole week to experience the revival there, and that whole city was a city of 20,000 people, and the whole city three jails were closed. And when I went down there, there were carrots the size of my forearms. There were heads of lettuce this big, radishes that were that big. The productivity of the land went from a a place where it it took five semi-loads of produce out of the land to one of 44 semi-loads of vegetable because the revival affected the land. It started with a woman who had gangrene. And she was about to die. And the Holy Spirit came in such power. Boom! And healed the woman. And a revival just began. Oh, sorry. That was pretty loud. And revival, revival began to start. And the churches began to work together. And the Spirit of God moved in, in Alamalanga in a powerful way. How many want to see that? And then in the 90s, I went to Toronto. We were on our way to our family vacation up to Canada. And I, I, we, I said, well, we're going to stay at Toronto Airport Holiday Inn, and Daddy's going to go to the revival. So I left the kids, and they were all knee-high to a grasshopper. And I was like, I'm going to experience this revival. And I go in there, and the, play, the carpet was wore out. I mean, P, there were thousands and millions of people that went through that revival over several years. And God poured out. Anybody experienced the Toronto blessing by chance? Yeah, okay, good. John went there. And it was amazing, I mean, the prayer lines and the people falling out in the Spirit, the manifestations of the Spirit. But there was, even Randy Clark said that through that whole time and and Wimber and all those guys, I mean, there was a lot of false manifestations of the Spirit. People were barking like dogs and there was all kinds of stuff going on. No, literally, people were barking like dogs. I think I would have said, come out! There was all kinds of crazy things, and the ecstatic experience began to be elevated and elevated and elevated and elevated, and it goes back to my message several weeks ago, guys, and I cannot overemphasize this, and I do not, I'm I'm telling you, there's going to be manifestations here, and some of them we're going to have to discern whether they're of God or not. I understand that. That's okay, and we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You hear me, okay? Okay. But again, it goes back to the manifestations and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Again, is always a purpose behind what God is doing. There's always a message. There's always something. And in the Old Testament, the the experience began to be what they focused on. And it changed something. I'm going to get back to that. But I'm going to give an example in real day life today. How this works in our lives and I, I, and I want to I want you to track with me because this happened to our family this week So Joel this week has a dream. I think Michael Clark's over at the house and Abe's there I think Rebecca and Jared are I can't remember who all's there And uh, Joel gets up and he says man. I had this dream dad and he knew it was of the Lord I, I had this dream an ecstatic experience with the Holy Ghost. Okay, you guys following with me. Okay and I go. Well, tell me the dream. He said man. He said I had a tattoo on my arm He said it was in Hebrew he said, there was these Hebrew letters on my arm. And he said, Dad, I I know it was the Lord. I said, well, I got a piece of paper out. And I said, here, write down the Hebrew letters. What do you remember? Write everything that you can remember about the Hebrew letters. And so I gave him the notepad, and he starts putting these letters. like, wow, that looks like Hebrew. (laughs) And so he puts the Hebrew letters, and and he's kind of looking at himself from a, a bird's eye as he sees his own arm. And so we, uh, we, we get out the Hebrew translator, and we put the letters in the translator, and guess what it said? Son of the Most High God. And they were real letters. Michael freaks out and goes, dude, that's crazy. <laughs> I said, yeah, girl, that's crazy. I said, Joel, you didn't make this up, dude. You really? These are the letters you saw in a dream. You're not blowing smoke up my rear end, are you? He said, no, Dad, those are the letters I saw on my arm. Okay, so let's stop at the sign. So what would you do? What would you think? I'm going to get a tattoo with the Son of the Most High on my arm. If you stop at the sign of the ecstatic experience, now the jury's out as to what he is going to interpret that and what it comes with that. But here's what I know. That dude's been marked by God. There's a prophetic message that is bigger than the experience. It's not about necessarily tattooing your arm. But most people would stop and say, well, I'm going to go get a tattoo, and they'll go get a tattoo, and they don't listen to what the Spirit of God is saying in the experience. That I'm actually marking you as a child and as a son of the Most High, and I've marked you for my purpose and my glory. And you've got to get your identity statement down deep inside of you. I want to mark it on you on who you are and who you called to. You are my son. Because where, I've got, where I'm sending you, you're going to have to know this. Because the gates of hell will come against your identity and who you think you are. And, you've, and you know what I've always called my boys? I've called my boy Sog and my daughter Dog, daughter of the Most High God and son of gods. I call them that all the time when I sign their cards. I love you, Sog. I love you. But the manifestation of the Spirit is there for a reason and a purpose. Please hear me. If you have a crazy thing and you get shaken and baking down here and you're all manifesting and all great, I'm cool with that. But I want you to say, oh, Holy Spirit, what are you doing in me? Are you trying to deliver me from something? Are you trying to give me a message? Are you trying to give me to give a word? Are you wanting me to heal someone? you want me to deliver someone? Do you have a word of knowledge? Do you have a sign to give? What are you saying? Don't stop with the tattoo. And I, th- and I see in the Old Testament, they began to stop with the experience. And here's what happened in the history of Israel. The ecstatic experience comes down. And now all of a sudden there's this widespread belief in the, in the history of Israel where the spirit is not necessary. Now I know God was doing something also, okay? I'm not saying it was just the unbelief of the people as to why the things that happened because I do know it, it, there's some things in the New Testament that point to the Old Testament of what but what began to then happen is now the Holy Spirit was now not as necessary or looked at and Israel went into a season of 400 years of silence. After the prophetic word that Malachi spoke in Malachi chapter 4, he's the last book of the Bible, the last prophet to speak by the Holy Spirit, by the ecstasy of God, by Holy Spirit breathing through the prophet, Malachi, the Old Testament begins to end with Malachi's prophecy. And the windows would shut off. Now I want you to think about 400 years of no prophetic words, no wind, no ecstasy, no Holy Spirit on the scene of Israel. No visions, no trances, no no God speaking to individuals, no writing of the scripture, no nothing. As the Old Testament ends, 400 years years of silence think about that how long have we been a nation longer than we've been a nation the holy spirit was silence you think about that church the dark ages just before jesus coming in on the scenes And so now what happens in the history of Israel? Here's what happens. Because there's no spoken word, no Holy Spirit, here's what begins to happen. Now they begin to elevate the law. Now the law is by the way the Spirit of God speaks to the people in Israel. Now synagogues are springing up everywhere in every city so that the Law of God could be read to the people every day. Because now there's no Holy Spirit. Now the word of God and the law becomes the preeminent way people hear from God. Is there any of that going on in our culture? Because the Holy Spirit is not honored in our land. In many churches, it's word, 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 word. And what has God spoken to this church? I want word and spirit. I want word and spirit. I want word and spirit, both. we got to know the word, and I want the Holy Spirit for you to work, right? And so things changed in Israel. Changed in Israel. And so no longer, and that's why the scribes and the Pharisees were so important. And so it's going to be important when we talk about the Holy Spirit, because when we start talking about the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, And they say, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Why do you think they were saying we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit? 400 years! And then all of a sudden, Simeon and Anna and and John the Baptist comes on the scene, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts popping like Popcorn. And these messages start coming, and Elizabeth is barren, and she starts to have a child, and all these miracles, and all these signs, and these manifestations of the Holy Spirit start to happen in the New Testament. <laughs> yeah, it gets exciting, doesn't it? <laughs> but really, think about four hundred years of silence. Did anybody sense the Holy Spirit this morning? How many of you think would be in this church if we didn't feel Holy Spirit? Why do you think? I know of two churches in our town that got sold. Churches are closed down. What about England and Europe? These big cathedrals, they're ice cold. Because the Spirit of God has been removed. that true so the Spirit of God in Israel's time had been known as the inspire of the of prophetic words sp- prophetic writings writing of the scriptures but after Haggai Zechariah Malachi the Spirit of God would be silent it would be withdrawn and this is the I want to read the last prophetic word of malachi if we could advance that oh yeah i wonder uh, let's go ahead and go to psalms too i think that's important too this is what was read in Psalms 74 9 we are given no signs from god no prophets are left and none of us knows how long it will be it was 400 years friends in malachi 4 1 through 6 and this is, this is in, 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 in my Bible, I don't know what it's in yours, it says the day of the Lord is prophesied. And so, Israel has no clue what they're getting ready to go into. Okay, they have no clue they're getting ready to go into 400 years of silence. Okay, they don't know that. And Malachi, a prophet of the Lord, he has this experience with the Spirit of God. He sees this and he begins to declare this over Israel. Surely the day of the Lord is coming. <laughs> it will burn like a furnace. What was on the people in Acts, it was like a fire. All the arrogant and evil, every evildoer will be stubble, and the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord. Who wants to be on fire? This day's coming. He's prophesying this. Not a root or a branch will be left to them, but to you who revere my name. The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Have you guys ever seen a calf released from a stall? And he's just jumping and prancing out there. He's saying, this is what it's going to be when the day of the Lord comes, when the Spirit of God is released. Then you will trample down the wicked, I want to say the wicked one, And look at this, to the reference of Romans 16, 19 that was sung this morning. And they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. (coughs) Remember the law of my servant Moses. And I put this in parentheses. This is not in the Bible. He goes, because you're going to need it. (laughs) Remember the law of my servant Moses. So basically he's prophesying to them, Remember his law because for 400 years that's all they're going to have you guys realize that The decrees and laws I gave him at horeb at all for all israel see I will send you the prophet elijah Who would be john the baptist, right? We know this now, but they didn't know it I will send you the prophet elijah before the great and dreadful day of the lord comes He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers So that I will not come and strike the lamb with a curse That's the last prophetic writing of the Word of God. And then it goes silence. No more utterances, no more visions, no more spirit. And they were being warned. Now here's what happens. After this prophetic writing, it's important to realize in the history of Israel that Israel had returned to God. They were now under Medo-Persian um occupation so they were they did not have a king themselves so they were under occupation they have been delivered from the babylonians and now they are they, the temple has been re- rebuilt even though the temple is very small now it's not as big and as elaborate as, as solomon's temple was and both the law and the priesthood of aaron's line had been restored and the jews had given up their idol worship But even though they had given up their idol worship and they had returned to god They still were treating their wives poorly their wives poorly They were still marrying pagans and they were not tithing and the priests were neglecting the temple and not teaching the people The ways of god. So ultimately though the jews had returned to god in form They had not returned to god in their heart. You with me? So a lot would happen over the next 400 years over the next 400 years, while the silent time is going on, Alexander Great would come in on the scene. Alexander Great is in our history books, believe it or not. Alexander the Great would come in, and he would come, and he would devastate. No, he wouldn't devastate, but he would take over the whole that whole region. He would, he would occupy it. And the Greeks would take over, and then the Egyptians later would come and and rule over israel then syria would come and 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 then rome would come and occupy israel during these 400 silent years the temple would be destroyed the holy of holies would be destroyed and it would be rebuilt like six to nine times in the next 400 years a lot of history i realize maybe this bores you guys but i love it and so All this is going on in 400 years, while we've only been a nation for a little less than that, right? And it's going to be important for you to understand this, I think, maybe not. Because the law would become so important to the priests and to the people that when we start to get in on the scenes and we start to see the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and we understand, we, when we put ourselves in that situation because of what this history means, you're going to understand the power of the Holy Spirit when he came and what it meant and what it means to us because we have neglected the Holy Spirit. Yes. Even as a charismatic church, we have, we have neglected the Holy Spirit even in our lo- own lives. I think one of the interesting facts of the Old Testament is because the law and the word became such, the preeminent way they heard from God... 150 years after Malachi's prophecy, so just 150 years later, the king of Egypt would order that, 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 that 70 theologians would come and they would transcribe the Hebrew Bible into Greek. Again, because they wanted everybody to be able to know the scriptures. The scriptures were so high. So it's called the Septuagint. And so that's be- and it's called Septuagint because it means 70. Seventy scribes came, theologians, and they translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek. 150 years after Malachi's thing. And so again, it just shows the elevation of the word of God. It shows that that's the way they were hearing from God. But how does God want us to hear from him? Both the word and by the spirit. That we are a kingdom of priests. That priests hear the voice of God. They hear spirit of God. They all, we are all to hear the spirit of God. Everyone in this room is to hear the spirit of God. Everyone, say everyone. Everyone. Say I'm to hear the spirit of God. God. Through Through his word and through the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to go next week as we dive into the Holy Spirit as He comes and He begins to show up on the scene in the New Testament after we went through these dark ages, we went through this silent time where God has not been speaking. Does that blow anybody away? I mean, I think we take God's voice for granted. And so then when we have a prophetic word on a Sunday morning, oh, it's just Christy or that's Tina or that's Alex or that's Chad or that's Frida or Frick or Fred. Laurel and Hardy. Really? I mean, seriously. And we don't honor the Word of God. We don't listen. Man, I think what we're going to have to in the day's head, I think we're going to have to start capturing the prophetic words. I think we're going to have to have some scribes in this house who are willing to take some time to scribe the Word of God as it comes forth from the Spirit. Because if we'll treat the Word of God and the prophetic word more highly, I think we'll get more of it. I think we'll not only get more of it, we'll get more accuracy, we'll get more definition, we'll get more more uh, um, uh, accuracy of uh, uh, things to come, things we're to do, what we're to access. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a scribe in the house of God and you want to do some work, let me know. Because what we need to do is we need to start capturing some of this stuff, because so, I believe that, that will, we'll mature in our ability to hear the voice of God. Do you guys believe that with me? Yeah. So... Here's what I want to remind us, and I'm going to, I've got more, but we're going to stop. I think I've made my point. I want to remind us what Joel chapter 2 says. I want to remind us what Joel two twenty eight says. How many believe we're in the last days? For the Lord said through Joel, he prophesied, he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Keep going if you don't mind. You're doing great. I didn't have that for him. I was just going to quote it. Even on my servants, both men and women, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We have had the spirit of God poured out here on many occasions. And I praise the Lord for it. We have been very blessed with the spirit of God in this house, haven't we? the power of god shows up and but i do know guys that god is wanting to mature us because we're no, we're not where we were but we're not where god wants us to be and i really i'm asking you to to work with us in Maturing the gift of the Holy Ghost inside of you. Putting a demand on the gift of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Do you know what I mean by that? I I'm talking that when you're out and about, that you're you're expecting the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That when I'm at Walmart and I'm someplace that it's like, okay. I get my my radar up. Boing, boing, boing. And I'm making a demand on the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. Because no longer, as we move into the New Testament, no longer was the Holy Spirit coming upon the prophets and the men and women of God. But he was inside of you. That's right. Big difference. And we're going to talk about that big difference next week. So if you will, stand up with me. Like I said, you're not going home with three points at a poem. But I pray that I'm wetting your appetite a little bit more for Holy Ghost. Now, I know in a congregation of this size that there are people here with hurts, habits and hang-ups. If I could have the altar team come up here you know a couple weeks ago we had a gentleman that we love very much who was in our service and then later committed suicide and it broke our hearts and that's not to point him out or to make him, be him be disrespectful towards him but i know that there are people hurting in this congregation And we never want to close the service without giving you the opportunity to meet with our precious Lord. Can I have an amen on that? So what we're going to do is we've already put the music on. I'm going to dismiss the service. And if you would, take your conversation outside the the doors. But if you're here today and you have a need in your heart, there's something going on inside of you. Or maybe this message on the Holy Spirit, you're going, man, I need Holy Spirit. I need a refresher. I need a touch. The altar is going to be open. If you come to these, they will, man, I'm telling you, we got some power-packed, anointed, Holy Ghost-filled people who pray for people and results happen. I thank God for them. If you'll come here, they'll pray with you. If you just want to get alone with God and kneel, but I just pray that you will be one of those that you don't leave here if you have unsettled business with God, that you allow us to help you. Would you do that? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are alive and active and moving. And I just pray, God, that you would deal with our hearts as this week, as we draw closer to you, as we seek to allow Holy Spirit to be in control. Lord, we need you. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your power. We need your anointing. And we're asking God. We know there's a visitation coming. And Father, we're saying we're in it. I'm just going to declare it's not coming. It's here. I'm declaring those things that are not as though they are. I thank you, Holy Spirit, your visiting us. I thank you there's an increased water table in this house. I thank you, God, this region will receive the Holy Spirit. It will receive your power. So, Father, we thank you for it. We're expecting great things ahead, God. We thank you for it. We praise you, God. And I love you and I magnify you, O God. And so, Lord, have your way. We love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. And everybody said?